From inflation to the rising cost of health care, in today's economic environment, many patients may delay or choose not to move forward with recommended care because of the cost. By accepting the Care Credit credit card, you can help more patients get the care they want and need without delay by offering a convenient way to pay for coinsurance, deductibles, and care not covered by insurance. Plus, when patients use Care Credit, you receive payment in two business days, helping to increase cash flow and reduce self-pay receivables, enhance the patient experience, and help increase satisfaction and loyalty with Care Credit. For more information or to get started, visit carecredit.com/mgma-podcast. Well, hi, everyone. This is Daniel Williams, Senior Editor of MGMA and host of the MGMA Podcast Network. We are back with another episode of Ask an Advisor, and our resident Ask an Advisor expert, Christy Good, joins us. Christy, welcome back to the show. Hi, thank you. Yeah, so I was looking at some notes you shared with me, and it looks like several members at MGMA have reached out recently regarding how to determine if they have the right number of staff for their medical practices. So let's dig into that topic of staffing. What can you tell us? What's the latest, greatest info there? (laughs) Sure. Um, Yeah, determining the right number of staff for a medical practice is always uh, a hot topic question, right? And um, it is crucial for providing efficient and effective patient care because you also have to make sure you're managing costs that go along with that staffing. Um, I actually um, responded to a number of our members about this, um, giving them some of our data from some of our data dive, um, best practices and um, better performers, uh, data mining that we um, did, uh, Dave Gantz did for us. Uh And actually historically, our MGMA data dive um, data has shown that staffing numbers and financial ratios um, have shown that medical practices that have poor financial performance um, at the lowest end and often the highest staffing levels um, are, are, are a trend, meaning that if you have too little number of people or sometimes too many people, you haven't been as efficient and your revenue would be a reflection of that. So if a practice has too few employees, it might not be maximizing provider productivity and revenue is reduced. And if there are too many employees, their salary and benefit expenses outweigh the benefits of increased productivity. And in our 2020 cost and revenue survey, we actually saw that practices that identified as better performers had 9% more um, FTE, FTE, which is full-time equivalent, um, support staff per physician FTE. And um, so increasing staff in the areas of um, office support and clerical support like nursing staff actually helped increase provider productivity. So we have some of that data that we'll link to this podcast, and it's a really Mm -hmm. cool report because you'll see that um, even more than 20 years ago, having additional nursing staff really enabled those providers to 
provide care for additional patients and thereby increasing the overall practice productivity. And in that same 2020 cost and revenue survey, um, we had a there's a table in there that you will also get you can look review for yourself um, that noted that the better performers group actually had 20% more encounters, which reflected in these practices of having 24% greater RVUs and 10% greater RVU total production. Um, so again, your your staffing can correlate to increased revenue for your practices and not to just look at, well, there's more people, you also have to have the right number of people. And so I think some of this, these data surveys can really show you what better performers are doing in relation to how to balance the staffing with um, the, the revenue and still offsetting those costs that go with it. Um, we even had one from 2016 that said the same thing. It, the data in that one in the 2016 MGMA cost and revenue survey showed that the median total support staff per physician FTE for practices in the fourth quartile, so in the top um, group, which is the fourth quartile for productivity, was 73% greater than those practices in the lower first quartile. Mm -hmm. So some of that increased staff member of those increased staff members provide business operations within the practice, which increases, you know, the the better, greater RVU production. And so I think these two data stories, along with one that's coming out soon, um, continue to show how having the right amount of staff can lead to better productivity, better uh, revenue. Um, so it's not always about increased costs. I mean, there will be increased costs as you increase staffing, but finding that sweet spot for staffing is really important. Yeah, well, thank you for sharing that. And it, I know that you and I were talking offline. We were talking about better performers a little bit. You were telling me that we have the uh, better performers information coming out soon. Do you have any more details on when we're to expect that? Um, from what I understand, it should be released in the next week or so. So by the end of August, um, our members should keep an eye out for more data to come out on better performers, which is really neat because we highlight, you know, what those practices are doing um, in that data report. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and for our listeners, uh, you may remember we have had some of the better performers on the podcast. Uh, we like to get their information about how they're achieving uh, the results that they are. And this is a great way to do that. So be on the lookout for that. We'll have somebody, uh, one of those better performers, one of your peers on the podcast coming up in the next month or so. So before we sign off then, Christy, I wanted to ask you about um, some of the best practices that helps uh, practice leaders to determine optimal staffing levels in a medical practice. What can you share about that? Um. Yeah, we, there's actually a number of things that I suggest. It's not just about looking at um, your number of staff to physician FTE. There's you really need to take like a, a big picture view, mm -hmm. and there's some things you could be looking at. So first, understand the historical and your projected patient volume for your various services and specialties. Um, that'll let you kind of give you an insight into the. Um, peak and off-peak periods 
that your patients are coming in and then help you maybe allocate staff accordingly. I know when I was in uh, primary care practice, you know, flu season, we often had more patients. So our staffing, um, we, we tried to staff a little bit stronger during flu season or making sure we had more open slots during flu season and then, you know, then and less maybe in the summer. That's an example. Um, benchmarking current staffing ratio and costs using MGMA survey data is another um, tool you should keep in your toolbox as you're going through this process uh, because we have a lot of data to benchmark against. And on that, kind of evaluate your range of services that you offer and look at what might require different staffing levels. So if you have like surgical procedures, you might need more specialized support um, compared to routine checkups. You also, as we talked earlier, kind of staffing at peak and off-peak time, there are times where surgicals start peaking at the end of the year when everyone's trying to finish their um, insurance as ending and so they're trying to make sure they got all their deductibles in and they might be pushing more surgeries for the end of the year so keep an eye on that that kind of goes in hand with what are you offering specialty wise but also what are your peak and off peak times i would also start looking at what are your roles of your staff and really look at the responsibilities of each staff to to um, make sure that you kind of clearly define what is essential for patient care and what is practice operations as you're going through the process and looking where you may need more staff and also where you can improve processes. Um, consider your practices growth plans. You know, if you're planning on expanding, you probably need to ramp up a little bit in your staffing to promote that growth. Um, rather than all of a sudden you've grown and now you are short staffed and your patients are impacted or your physicians are impacted and you can't serve those patients as you were hoping. So looking at what are your growth plans and, and planning for that. Mm -hmm. um, look at your practices, workflow and processes. That's really key. I know that we have some lean um, resources out here at MGMA. Um, so if you need some help with how do you improve your practice workflow, you know, and those processes, identify those any bottlenecks or inefficiencies, that'll help you as you're trying to optimize your staff, um, your staffing for that. And with that, I would also say, um, look at not only what your staff's roles and responsibilities are, but also look at what the workload is. So it all kind of goes hand in hand, as you can see, with um, your volume, your peak time, your specialties, what your people are doing, what they need to be doing, what their roles are. Um, and just look at all of that for big picture. And just don't think that, oh, we need to add staff before you really look at processes. Um, there's also technology we know that can help out there with um, administrative tasks to help your staff so that they can do more patient time. You know, maybe you haven't done appointment scheduling or patient communication in a new format and having some of that, reducing that administrative burden on your staff could really help impact that um, patient needs and your staff needs. Um, patient portal, how are you using the patient portal? Could you be using it better? Um, are there reminder calls or ticklers that could be involved in reminding patients about 
uh, coming in or what they may need to do for follow-up instead of having your nurse call all the time. And then I a big thing besides all those KPIs that you should be following, such as patient wait times, appointment availability, patient satisfaction scores, staff satisfaction, is really engage your staff in the discussion. So having open communication during this whole process, because they're the ones doing the job and they're the ones that can give you a lot of feedback as to what's working well, what's not working well, where some of the pain points are for them, some of the bottlenecks. Um, so really engage your staff in all of this and, and being transparent and being open and sharing those KPIs that you're tracking. And, and we used to have, um, you know, rounding when, when I was in a practice and we would round and go over this stuff and check in with your staff as you're determining kind of what's best to help um, improve access, um, manage your staffing, and um, be creative with maybe what your staffing models are. Um, and then uh, what you want to do is, you know, staffing changes change over time, right? We have seasonal fluctuations, patient demographics. We might add new services. You may be growing. Um, there's so much that could happen. COVID happened, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's so many things. So, you know, just um, have contingency plans too in place. That was always helpful because if you kind of plan for the worst, then you're prepared. Right. And, and so don't get caught all of a sudden needing to hire three staff or needing to um, uh, hire physicians that are a little bit harder maybe sometimes to to um, hire. But just, you know, have contingencies in place. And then I think another thing that's really important that I so, think so many people forget is the people part of it. Mm -hmm. So that's where I said engaging your staff and having open communication because turnover hurts a practice. And and you should be watch you should be having conversations and figuring out because staffing is hard is mm -hmm. figuring out how to ha lessen that turnover I guess is a way to put it um, and and really engage with your staff because I feel like when we had engaged staff and we had um, open communication we weren't scrambling for staff. And uh, also, I mean, it's just important to um, to do that. That's that's just my thoughts, but for sure, yeah. So, in like a minute, are, are there any final thoughts? Any other advice you want to share with us before we sign off today? Well, all the staffing they call it right sizing, right? Okay. So, so it's like finding the right staff for your for your medical practice. And I just feel like you need to do a systematic review of your employee numbers, the tasks mm -hmm. that they're doing, and the work process to make sure, do you really have the right staff and are they doing the right things? Because the key is to recognize the specifics of your practice, ensure that you have the best staffing model and the best employees for your practice. As you're looking at all these KPIs and you're going to MGMA and other resources for those benchmarks. Um, so that's just, those are my thoughts. Okay. Well, Christy, good. Thank you so much uh, for joining us again on the Ask an Advisor podcast.
Well, thank you. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this episode. As Christy was talking about earlier, um, our Better Performers data will be released soon. We think in the next week or so. So keep a lookout for that report. It's super helpful and you can learn a lot from there. And if you don't have access to Data Dive and would like to find out more, you can reach out to our uh, sales team at sales at mgma.com and someone will get back to you shortly. So thanks again for tuning in and listening to the MGMA Podcast Network. Thanks so much. If you like the work we're doing, please consider becoming an MGMA member. Learn more at mgma.com slash membership.